Welcome to Leadership Life Podcast. I'm Kelly Bubolts, your reality check mixed in leadership theory and practical application together that fits into our daily actions. Let's dig in. Today I want to talk about rethinking retention. I've been seeing on the job boards in 2021 this big battle of wages and benefits, but when it comes down to it, they're almost equally important to employees and the benefits are pretty much the same. So I researched this more, and in summer of 2021, Harvard Business School released a white paper on employer retention. It really comes down to four factors that employers and leaders should consider. The first one is money, which is the salary and benefits. That's what I've been seeing on the job boards. The second one is flexibility. The third one is happiness, and the fourth one is clarity. But I want to break these down and the 15 years I worked in HR, what that might mean to an employee or a leader and how they can start implementing strategies around each one of these. The reason why this is important is in 2021, 55% of people are looking for jobs. That's about 4 million Americans that quit their job in July. And there's still 10.9 million jobs open. That's a lot of opportunity. That's a lot of opportunity. Peeking in employees' faces, messaging them on LinkedIn, showing up at their door saying, we have a better opportunity for you. The majority of the moves are actually happening in mid-career employees, and those are ages 30 to 45 years old. And those are the areas that are looking to see what is their purpose and value they bring to the company. They still have time to develop and change jobs, but they have enough experience to use as leverage. Let's break each one of these categories down. The first one is money. So what is the salary compared to the team, compared to the market, and compared to their peer positions. This is usually run by an HR department or an independent compensation group, but what you're looking at is, are you actually paying for the value of work that they're putting out? How does it compare to relatable positions? And is the workload also distributed evenly across those departments? Another category under money is benefits. What is helping your employees sleep at night. I remember our employees requesting pet insurance and they also wanted home and auto insurance discounts. It was quite involved to get those two benefits started based on the vendor research, the meetings entailed, and then rolling it out to employees. We had 2% of our employees sign up for that benefit and the following year they dropped it so we had no employees on those benefits. It took a majority of my benefit season time to get those set up. So although that they requested it, I don't think those two categories is what was keeping them up at night. And that's a question that I learned the hard way is, what's actually keeping your employees awake at night? And what can you provide to mitigate that risk or fear that they have in their head? Is it daycare services? Is it life insurance for their spouse or their kids? Is it financial planning services? Is it a more flexible schedule so they don't have regret when they get older and their kids are gone. The third area under money I would say is the whole package. What does it look like compared to competitors? You can boast about your amazing wages and your benefits but if they were have to work a crappy schedule and be on overtime all the time they never can spend that money and they never can use utilize the benefits because they're always working. So what does the total package look like and how can you market that to match the culture? For example, if your organization is 24-7 but you shut down on holidays, it shows family traditions are important. And those companies that allow employees to come in late for work for the first day of school or leave early for family concerts without using PTO, it shows that 
you are allowed to be where it matters most. For people who lose a pet, I've seen that, where if you lose a pet or extra personal days for those type of events in your life, that you don't come into work. We all know that employees that are grieving or going through something are not productive. So how can you support them during that time of life that shows them you care and that you value them? They'll stay a little longer. So the first area is money. The second area is flexibility. Now, I work with a multitude of different industries and clients and flexibility is different in the eyes of the beholder. I have clients that say they are flexible, but they're flexible in such a tight parameter and range that it's not really flexibility, it's just an eight to five schedule. And sometimes you can go to the doctor. And then there's other employers that say, hey, we're not a customer service based type of company, so you can get your work done between Monday and Sunday, as long as you get 40 hours in. Wow, what flexibility they have there. There's other companies that have exempt employees and over a two week wage area, they say get 80 hours in. Now, it all depends on your operation, what type of flexibility, but this is where brainstorming has to come in with a multitude of different personalities. It's gonna be really hard to squish the norm of the eight to five, Monday through Friday, or whichever shifts you have. You're gonna need a almost reverse brainstorming session of the shifts that you don't want that wouldn't satisfy your business, and then backwards brainstorm from there. Flexibility should never be a trade-off for other benefits or salary. It should be completely separate. I want employers to establish actual core work hours and respect those hours. That means after those hours, no emails are sent out. In performance conversations and one-on-one meetings, if people are contacting after those hours and it's not an actual emergency, they should be addressed. It's a performance issue at that time. They're causing havoc on other team members and other departments in which it spreads like wildfire. So what are core work hours? That again applies to flexibility. I have one client that we established a burnout task force and this was key for them. They were a customer service department and they really didn't need to respond after five o'clock. Their customers weren't even gonna be there, but yet most of them worked from home and they would work all hours in the night. So the management team actually decided that they would have hardcore work hours and after that time, no one works. And it was part of their performance conversations that they were trying to send emails or work late at night. So they were trying to support self-care and say, shut off, we'll see you again at eight o'clock tomorrow. What is the working from home setup? I know there's all different setups. Some are fully working from home, some are in-person and some are hybrid. And there's a couple considerations to take into effect of this flexibility is one, what is the work? Does it have to be hands-on or can it be virtual? The other one is, if it is all virtual, how are you connecting people? Because they do need that community. That is a burnout piece in which they have to be connected to a team. I had a coworker and her husband switched jobs and then the pandemic, how this remote workforce was gonna be handled. Well, during this year that they're trying to figure this new world out, he was rarely contacted by any other coworker because they didn't know he existed. When they were able to go back in the office, no one knew who he was. They thought he was a new hire, and he actually only knew two people in the whole company. Let's just say they gave him an easy reason to leave. They did not retain him. And that's unfortunate, but what type of work-from-home setups are employers supporting? If you need some tips, I would grab up my burnout prevention employer toolkit. There's a couple work-from-home sheets in there for you to utilize. It's out on my website and automatically emailed after purchase.
Another category under flexibility is Monday through Sunday honor system. A lot of companies that I've worked with said, we need to do it this way because. And in the right clientele that I can push back, I ask them why. Why do they need those specific hours, those specific days? And sometimes the response is, well, our customers are there from 8 to 5. Okay, so that means one person needs to be there from 8 to 5. And out of the 10 employees in this department, you can flex each other's schedules to make sure that there is always coverage for someone to answer the phone. The other thing is, depending on your industry, a lot of things are not emergency and need a fast response. So can it wait till tomorrow or the next day when you're actually in? So maybe you go to a Monday through Sunday honor system. And you can even have a time card punch in or there's so much technology out there to see when employees are working for those labor law check-ins that we have to do. But maybe the work week is no longer Monday through Friday. Maybe it's Monday through Thursday. What type of wellness support are you providing? Are you allowing employees to go to the gym at lunch instead of using PTO? Are you allowing them to go to the doctor or virtual therapist appointment at lunch? What type of wellness support are you giving to give flexibility to show we want to make sure you're healthy and well because then you're a more productive employee? I've seen more employers get on-site health coaches, which are great. Another important category to think about in flexibility, which actually came up from many employees that I have asked this question to, is no meeting Fridays and summer slowdowns. No meeting Fridays are straightforward. You don't have any meetings on Fridays. It's time for employees to either take PTO, catch up on projects, or have really good focus time. And then summer slowdowns are basically just less meetings. What core meetings need to happen to keep projects moving that could put the business at risk? And that's the only meetings that you have so that employees can go on vacation without feeling like they're missing something or not part of the team. Another category that employees have mentioned or suggested to me is out of office, no contact rule. If you are going to be on PTO for a day or the next day, how are you communicating that? Some people don't even send out of office emails. So then they get mad when someone contacts them and they didn't know that they were out of the office. So what type of out of office procedure can you set up so that they have less to no contact? And then how can you reinforce that with the employees so that they're not checking emails on their day off? Now, especially for the millennial generation, I remember my PTO days or I'd be home with a sick kid and I would still check my emails because emails don't stop on my, my PTO time. The world keeps turning, right? I realized that I would work through my PTO or work with my sick kid at home and I was the one doing it. So again, can you provide an environment that employees don't feel bad that they're not at work, they feel bad if they work when they're on PTO. The other one that I kind of talked about before, but is that two week flexibility on hours. So say you have 40 hours a week and you need to get 80 hours in in two weeks. Can you be flexible so that people can attend kids sports, clubs and concerts? We have three kids and they are still small, but we already have established that they cannot be in certain clubs and sports based on our work schedules. And I think that's backwards. And I don't know how to fix it because of the corporate our structures that both of our jobs are set up for. There's also people that have new pets or puppies or older senior pets that need to be out at lunch for a walk. Can you give them time to, to leave for lunch and, and take them for the walk and they can make it up later? Some people 
want to have lunch with grandma or a friend. These are all self-care reset points that people can do more frequently instead of waiting until they're so burnt out that they had to take PTO off and they just spend their time recovering from burnout instead of having this nice self-care routine that creates a happy medium state in which they never actually go to this exhausted state. Now in order to have flexibility in anything I just talked about, you're going to need high accountability for all members of your team. Because otherwise the overperformer is going to take over the work of the low performer and the low performer might be abusive to any of these flexibilities. So you do need high accountability, which means you need to be doing one-on-ones with your team. You need to be doing team meetings where there's open discussion about workload. And once you get there, this flexibility and trust will happen. So let's talk about the third area that Harvard Business School mentions. We talked about money. We talked about flexibility. Let's talk about the third area. This is happiness. Happiness is a two-way street. People need to actually know what makes them happy before they can request it. And this again goes back to my time in HR where employees would request something and then they wouldn't be happy when we delivered it. And there was this saying that went around in our employer group that is not pissed is as good as it gets. And I didn't really sit well with that statement, but it was somewhat true. Employees would request things and then it wouldn't hit the mark of what they wanted. And I think employees really need to understand what makes them happy. Now, for some employees, it's good quality coffee or having employer-provided coffee. For some people, it's that hybrid flexibility to work from home. For some people, it's all the in-person team-building activities. Every person is different. So if you can know what truly makes your team members happy, then you can meet them halfway. An easy way to approach that, because our mind defaults to the negative, is what is their current pains and hurdles, and how can the company remedy it? It was interesting. When I asked a few people about that around an employee engagement survey time, they said it was the tools for the job. I was shocked. And the comment they made that they would really like to fix that would fix some of their pain and their, the broken blinkers of the organization was tools for the job. That's IT equipment. It was better internet. It was where things were laid out and how we roll out things. It was amazing when you ask people what their pains and hurdles are, how little they can be, and how easy you can fix them. And then if you understand your team members enough, how can the company support their priorities first and then the companies? And this only comes from one-on-one meetings and value questions inside those. If you're not even sure how to use questions to empower your team, I want you to grab a questions to empower course on my website. It's automatically emailed to you. Fun little pop quizzes inside. You'll learn a lot. You'll get action plans and lots of value questions. These questions are basically going to feed you what drives this employee, what they value, what gives them momentum, what knocks them down. For example, there might be an employee that their dog is their life. So guess what? When their dog is sick, you better get them off. Or when their dog is sick, you do not contact them for any information and you give them that space and the moment they get back in the work you ask them how that dog's doing maybe they have kids or elderly parents are taking them taken care of i hope that you know their doctor schedule and you might be thinking this is way too personal but guess what you'll be able to check up on them often they know you care they know you care enough to take the time to talk to them about it you're reaffirming what they value matters to you. That's the bosses they don't want to leave. If we're talking retention and happiness is a two-way street, you have to know what makes them happy and what makes them tick. 
The other way you can explore what makes your team members happy is team building. What activities are you doing? What discussions are you having in your meetings? Are you doing a roundtable show and tell weekly or monthly that people can show or talk about their favorite hobby or something they're really into right now? What are you doing for team building activities? I'd love to talk to you about this or do a potential workshop because I learn a lot about employees through this, so I can't imagine someone who works for them and leads them would learn. What work brings them pride and excitement? What would they like to do more? What would they like to be involved in? What information would they like to have? In a two-way street is you will never get there if you don't actively listen. 70% of people just feel better after talking to someone who's actually listening. Imagine that. Imagine someone going through the worst time of their life. No one knows what's going on with them. And you're just listening. You might be that one person that helps them turn it around. And talk about commitment. Talk about commitment to the company. So the third one is happiness. The fourth one, and definitely not the least, is clarity. Employees are looking for clarity. How simple, right? But if I would ask a president of a company or CEO, and I would ask the lowest level of the organization, what is the priority of the company? Do you know how many times that would be the same answer? Because I've never had a CEO and the, bo and the bottom level of a company say the same thing. That's not clarity. So what are the actual expectations of your team members? What are the actual expectations that they have of you? What clarity can you bring around that? What mud can you wash away and bring some crisp, clear water in? And I don't want you to list off the top 10 things and how you're going to approach them. I want you to identify the top three priorities so that every day your employees are working towards one of those three. Now there's all that mess that comes in and firefighting. But guess what? By the end of the day, what action do they do to one of those top three priorities? You can even mention that in team meetings. Basic question of what did you do towards the top three priorities today? Revisit it often, often, often. What skill sets do they want to develop and what skill sets would you like them to develop? Is there a clear path with them and it might not be up, it might be lateral, and that's okay. As long as they're developing and they see progress, you don't always need to do a promotion. Actually, most employees are not fit for promotional material. They're very good at what they do, but they are not leadership material, and that's okay. But then we should work out a development plan on where else they can grow their skill sets, or if they really want to be a leader, where they can grow there. Employees need clarity around social acceptance and connection. Again, importance of team building and off-work topics. What value are they bringing the company and revisit it often? An interesting thing that you can do for working from home situations is ask the question to your team during your monthly team meeting is, what do you do this month to contribute to blah, blah, blah? What is the mission of the organization? What's the vision of your team? What value did they bring this month? And it gets them thinking about the clarity of their work and what it is connected to, a much bigger picture. So leaders are crucial to retention and development and focus of their employees. They're, they're the drivers of re-energizing their team. I suggest my Leading with Intent coaching program or any in-person workshop that we can work on. Where's your leadership passion? How can you link it to your team and drive it forward? People are people. When you break it down, it's basic needs. But yes, it's hard to change your actions and habits. Mm -hmm.
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss out on what we all have to sort out yet. Share this podcast with others to bring leaders clarity to this crazy, fast-paced world we live in today. Make an impact, lead from within, and you can't go wrong.